now transmitting the Mint Condition Podcast. Welcome to 2020, but also welcome to episode number 258 of the Mink Dish Podcast right here on uh, Podbean, Stitcher, YouTube, Apple Podcasts, wherever you listen to podcasts, that's where we are. We're here with you. I am Scott the Bot Savage, along with Sweet Wade and Joe. And it's a and, new and year. And Joe, why are you wearing your, your New Year's baby outfit? What? You're wearing the Happy New Year's baby outfit that Big Show wears and stuff like that. Why are you wearing that right now? No. I'm you, not You really want to do this bit right now? I'm not now? complaining. You want to do this bit? No. You really want to do this no. bit right now? As I was saying, <laughs> as I was saying, Happy New Year. It's a new year, but same podcast. Um, 2019 has come and gone for better or for worse. And 2020 we, has started and it's and, on fire. Yes, 2020 <laughs> has started. We started out day one, everyone feeling hot, feeling good, feeling nice. New decade, feeling like, new me. Feeling like, feeling like anything was possible. And now we're a couple days in and we're possibly on the brink of war. We're going to war. <clears throat> to which all I can say is thank God I'm overweight, have asthma, and, and uh, 30 years old. So they don't want me. Or do they? No, they don't. Okay. No, they want kids, don't you know? And then they're and then have Australia, sadly. You know what's going on in Australia? Yeah, sucks. the bushfires. <clears throat> well, well, because um, Caitlin's sister, <clears throat> she lives in New Zealand, oh, yeah. but she frequents Australia, and she she's shown us like pictures, and there's an, it's not an exaggeration. You what sky, you're seeing when you see the sky is orange, like. What? Yeah, no, like like a lot of the footage you're seeing, like I said, it's not exaggerated. <clears throat> like that's what's going on. And you uh, know, and I can tell you <clears throat> from first, well, secondhand experience because you know, Caitlin's talking to her sister. I'm talking to Caitlin about it, but she's showing me some so third stuff, hand. and it's just I got a third hand for you. <laughs> <laughs> not the right time for that, but still funny. Always the right time. Um, but yeah, but also like half a billion animals are gone because mm. of it. Um, I did want to plug one thing. Uh, the Koala Hospital in Port uh, McGuire or Park Macquarie. Let me say it. <clears throat> Macquarie. Uh, you can adopt a koala. Spend, send like twenty nine dollars, and you know you can every year or whatever, and it'll go towards like breeding. Um, uh, you know their health and stuff like that. Because I donate to Paul. Who was in the fire, and, you know, he got burns on him. Oh, yeah. Is that a little castle one? Yeah, because his oh. hands are burnt, and so, you know, they grab with the hands. Oh, it's one of those things where, like, I, I always, th- I see animals in those situations, and I think they're cute, but then I also am like, kind of wish they weren't, didn't need it, but, like, you know, if they haven't lost it, yeah. if that makes <clears> sense. Yeah. And since koalas are pretty much extinct, going extinct, uh, I definitely want to pay for, like, the breeding. Diana paid for the, uh... The uh, the female that was brought in from the fire. Yeah. So it's like so both of them can get the money and both of them can breed and you know. Yeah, so definitely donate to that. Please. Find any any charity yes. you can find that helps the the, the just 
all over Australia in this really difficult time, you know, you know, cause there's, there, there's so many, you know what I mean? There's a lot to choose from. Yeah. So I say, you know, do your research, find one that, that you're comfortable with donating to and just give what you can help out. Um, yes. let's start off 2020, right? Yes. You know what I mean? We, you know, last decade was well, kind I'm of... bitching about something. I'm just saying, last decade was a decade of, like, you know... I, I felt it was, like, a decade of, like, separation and anger and, you know, diver- and you know like, diversity, but in a, the wrong way. Like, diversity and, like, you know, splitting up and people hating each other. Let's... let's, like let's Divergence. Divergence. Thank you, Joe. Let's make this a decade of unity and togetherness and just... You know, brother and sisterhood, or non-binary. So we should talk about. Should we, should, if we, you should, will. we should start about, talk about Star Wars. Yeah, that's not diverse at all. Yeah, it's not polarizing. No, at all. No. no. Yeah. Let's start twenty nineteen. It's as polarizing as a puppy. Yeah. Nah. Not at all. So Joe, you finally got got to see it. You got to see the end of the Skywalker saga. Yep. And uh, you know, we, we, you know, if you listen to our our Christmas episode. You'll know how what Wade and I thought about we it when we it. when we saw it. Yeah. But Joe, hit us with your best shot. What did you think? I thought it was pretty good. <gasps> Thank God, <laughs> Joe. I, when when you the second you told us you saw it, my first thought was, "Oh God, Joe's gonna trash it." Because you were like, "I saw Star Wars and there's no enthusiasm at all." Yeah. I mean, well, that's no, just, that's just Joe. Well, well, not just that, but like. You know, I know you look deeper into movies than I than like I do. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I loved it, so I was thinking like, oh god, Joe probably like peel, Joe's, Joe's going to find that one thing yeah, to ruin like, the movie for like, everybody. Like I thought you were like peeling those layers of the, of the Rise of Skywalker onion, and you're then like you found you're like why. Why does Ray have Luke Skywalker's a lightsaber? Why it blew up? And what's the deal with Babu Frick? I mean, what the Babu fuck? Hey! Um, yeah, I I saw one of the spoilers as we talked about that morning. Yeah, uh, and I was disappointed with it. Um, is it the the heritage the Ray story? Yeah, the yeah. the Ray background. I had it. I had it as I mentioned in the episode. I had it spoiled for me too, but sort of. It goes down better. I saw it a second time the, New Year's Day, and it goes down better. Yeah, when you see. The, th- the things that were spoiled or, like, hinted at, like, when when I saw the movie, they didn't bother me as much as I thought they would. Because, um, I mean, the movie, you know, works. Like, it's, it's a, you know, it, it... Would I have preferred something more along the lines of Last Jedi? Probably. Um, but, but Rise of Skywalker, like, it makes it it smooths out a lot of those bumps. Like there's a lot of things in there that makes it like, you know, they probably planned a lot of this stuff already. Like that's how I saw a lot of it. Like a lot of those last Jedi problems people had, they were expanded upon in this movie. And it's like, Oh wow. All you had to do is wait a couple of years, guys. Yeah. Two, I think. <laughs> yeah. It's just, they were going to answer all your questions. But see, that's the problem. Everyone wants it now. <clears throat> yeah. So, it, you gotta think, fandom is the reason why everything sucks. <laughs> to an extent, yeah. Why has yeah. been cut? 
uh, because everyone bitched and complained and well, her off social media. Well, that's not entirely the reason why. Apparently, a lot of her stuff was with um, Princess Leia. Yeah. And, like, the way they, try, they tried to, like, integrate her into stuff and it didn't work out. I think they probably could have done better, but because they had, a, a, like, the timeline, they probably... I think it was more of a timing saw, issue and not necessarily that after, they couldn't And the fact it. that Carrie had, like, passed away... Yeah, well, no, they, they were going to integrate her into, like, old footage and, like, CGI her into certain things. I think if they had more time to do it, I think it would have been fine. But, like, se- you couldn't, I you can't push it. back a Star Wars on, movie on, once it's been On the else. second viewing, it was like, she's in a pretty decent amount. But, but I do. But I do also. Agree. I mean, she's always a side character. She's always going to be. But a side she's character. on screen for like barely over a minute. But no, I, she's in it for like a good five minutes. But not, I got a good argument. But but I don't I, think that's true. But I will say, I, I think even if they did get her stuff done, I still don't think she would have had as big of a presence yes. in the movie. And I do think that is because of all the fan backlash. And you know, some people can say, like, "Oh, well, that's a cop out." But also, like. Do you really think she wants to have an? I mean, the fact that she was willing to do another Star Wars movie after all that to me just shows that she has like all the balls in the world. Yeah. Like I liked her before and respect her before, but even more so because you know I'm sure they would have been willing to say like, look, you know, we understand. You know, if you want out, because I'm sure she was contracted. Yeah. I'm sure they Rose was, Tico has died off. Screen. I'm sure they're willing to say like, look, you know, we know everything that's going on. If you want out, we, we'll take you out of this. No harm, no foul. We get it. And she's like, no, I'm going to do this movie because I'm supposed to, and we're going to get this done. <clears throat> but at I the know. same time, I think they, I think deep down they were also thinking like, okay, we want to keep this character in there, but we don't. But but God damn it, we don't want. Another situation well, where like Star Wars fans are like harassing this woman, not just yeah. all because who knows they sur- they harass her off social media this time. What if they harass her out of Hollywood or God forbid out of this fucking world? I, it's somebody who's looking for a problem, and that's generally where it comes from. Were you looking for a problem? Um, I mean, I kind of was, but it's because like I had certain things spoil for me, like Ray's lineage. That, you know, to me, I'm like, this is going to not Which work. Is another and it thing. works, it, it works all right in the movie. I just wish it were different. Well, I also think that that's also a product of fandom because no one liked her being nobody. So you want her to be I someone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, 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 now they're, but then they're mad because she's not related to anybody that they wanted to be related. Yeah. And that's a, and, and that's a huge thing. That's a whole other argument of how much the the fandom caused certain changes. This is why and, I think and we'll fan never fiction know. is kind of like not just fandom, but fan fiction over time has become so toxic. Yeah. Because before it was just like people were like, oh, wouldn't it be? Before it was like, wouldn't it be cool? Now, like people <clears throat> like condition themselves <clears throat> to believe like my fan fiction is correct. My but, fan fiction is what my fan fiction is fan nonfiction. To, to, you know what I mean? Yeah. To go fan further. Canon. To go further into what you were talking about, it's it it really does like nitpick and and it's one of those things that they try and teach younger writers to like avoid is to have a dramatically compelling character. They have to have um, you know significant flaws to overcome. And Ray's only flaw was that she believes she's a nobody in the, in the first movie. But 
after that, like, she's a ridiculously good pilot. She's a crazy adept at the Force. Like, look at what she teaches herself, practically. You know, she's a great sword fighter already. Like, she beats Kylo Ren on uh, Starkiller in the first movie without ever picking up a lightsaber before. Well, she, was just, she was just kind of swinging it, though. Yeah, it's <clears throat> those kind of things that, you know... But would people have cared if she sucked? Like, that's what I'm saying. Like, yeah, like, and that's the thing. It's is making it so it's harder for her. Because, I mean, Finn was good with a lightsaber and... Yeah, and Force that's Awakens. another... Yeah, and that's another the weird tra- thing. The traitor oh. stormtrooper was good with that fucking baton for the first time. But he's, you know, he's also trained with it. Yeah, but people, but people are selectively allowing what they see and... I people know. are very selective with when outside stuff is canon, and mm-hmm. then when it's only canon if it was in the movies. Um, you know what I mean? So but, if we're going, I'm just saying, if we're going by it's only canon in the movies, as far as we know, that's the first time that stormtrooper busted out that baton, and he became a meme. But, but back then, to my but, feelings. Then, but then it's also like you assume that he's trained in fighting style because he's a stormtrooper. Ah, ah, ah. You assume a child. You assume he's trained in, with a blaster. I, I assume with a blaster. I assume all the stormtroopers are trained. How many stormtroopers you see with a baton after, before that? None. Exactly. They also didn't have jetpacks. They also can't hit that's, anything with a blaster, so they I have think, to be trained in I something. I think the sand, the sand <laughs> troopers had some kind of like black thing on their back. I can't confirm if it was a jetpack. But they had something that could but, have been a jetpack. I don't know. Uh, to get back to like oh, my, yeah, back to my, my feelings. That's your feelings. Um, anyway. I, I think the movie's fine. Um, and, and as a wrap-up for the trilogy, a wrap-up for the Skywalker saga, people are going to see it as a disappointment because it's not as great as they want it to be. Um. And that's largely due to various reasons that we've all been talking about. It's spo- but it, okay. it's one of those things where, um, to me, a, some of these choices in the last movie kind of make the universe smaller. Um, where I thought Last Jedi really opened things up and made it a little more interesting to me. That's why I like Last Jedi so much. Uh, willing to take those chances and and do different things, um, but this movie's fine. Um, and honestly, can I just throw out one theory? What? Do you think maybe the reason why a lot of people who did like Glass Shadow as much as they did to where they decided like you know like let's just expand upon this rather than either leave it alone? Do you think a lot of it might have been because this was like the first like main series Star Wars movie that quote-unquote grew with them rather than maintained its, you know, like, kid kids movie nature. Because if, if you look at Last Jedi as opposed to, like, the other movies before it, it, come, it definitely comes off more adult-oriented than the other ones. Although Ra- Rise of Skywalker, well, I think, f- did have the most cuss words in any Star Wars movie. The, the, but, the Last Jedi... I don't. Like, I wouldn't say it agree with anybody. It what the theme of the movie, and it's said multiple times, especially by Kylo Ren, <laughs> is that you know you need to look forward and and let the past. They say let the past die, but let the past stay where it is. 
That's the theme of the movie. Which is kind of weird considering he spends the whole first movie idolizing Darth Vader and doing what but he then, did just bigger. But then he realizes that that's the wrong way to go. But then, right. he do, but, the, and then but then again... But then, then, he, but then he makes his like helmet again and we uh, just... Yeah. Fuck last year. There's, there's a lot of stuff. We're doing this. But then again, let's go to Endor. But, but, but you could also argue that there, that there's conflict in that idea. Like, you can't, like, it's not so easy sometimes to just put the past ben, behind you. Yeah, Ben Solo is your main character in, in this trilogy. Yes. It's not Ray, it's not Finn, it's not Poe. It's not Luke, Leia, any of them. Mastodonna. He's the he's, fucking fandom, basically. He's he's, he's, he's your, a Vader fanboy. He's your most dramatically compelling character. He's the best actor too. Yeah, well, Daisy Ridley's really good. I too. know, but like Adam Driver's like a whole other level with Adam that. Adam Driver's sure. great. Oh uh, fuck you, BB eight. Um but oh, you know, my God. The, the Olivia <laughs> the, the Olivier of the Star Wars uh franchise. That's how Dia shows up. But yeah, it, he's he's kind of your dramatic focal point throughout the whole last trilogy, and and it makes sense. I mean, he technically is a sort of a Skywalker. Well, no, so, he's, he is a Skywalker. Yeah, his 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 mom was a Skywalker, and she fucked Han Solo. Right, but it's allegedly. There's a lot of small decisions that I think could have made the movie even better, but I don't. It's it's hard to just nitpick and say it's a missed opportunity, because um, you, you never know how things would have turned out. You think another big thing is people are expecting it, and I, and I walk into these movies know it's not going to be as special or as good as the original trilogy because I grew up with it. Do you think that's also people like put the tr- original trilogy on such a high pedestal and expect these movies to live up to it, even though that has fifty years of multiple generations? Of being affected by that um, trilogy, I th- I would look at it as it's a in double bubble. Of I would I would actually look at it as a double edged sword of of that idea. One, I think you have a case of going in not expecting it to be as good because of that, but also that feeling not allowing them to believe it could it's, be. No, I'm just you know saying, what I mean. Like Last Jedi is up there, I think, but I think more the problem. I think what I'm saying is. The nostalgic feeling. No, no, no. I get. I understand. But you understand what I'm saying, though. Like, I feel like it's part that, and then I think there's also another half where it's like not allowing the idea because it would be blasphemous to be able to say that one of these new movies might actually be better than A New Hope or Empire Strikes Back or Return of the Jedi. It's almost like you 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 go into this assuming it can't. I see what he's talking about. You you go in assuming it can't. But you're also not willing to open up to the idea that one of them could be because either A, it means you you know, you know have to accept a new reality for yourself or you have to, if you want to open that idea up to the fandom, you have to face the fan backlash that you can't, that like, you know, you're blaspheming the unholy, or the unholy, the holy trilogy. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Basically. There's a lot. You mean Lord of the Rings. Like kind of what Scott's saying is, um, you at the same time want it to be great, yes. But it, at the same time, you're s- like pretty much self limiting yourself by saying 
There's no way it's as good as the originals. Yeah, you're you're closing off the idea that it could <laughs> when in reality, theoretically, it could. So you're yeah. automatically already disappointed. I'm in the middle of that because you want it to be as or good. I'm in but the, you know the, it can't or at the be. very or the very least, you know, you're 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 okay or satisfied, right. but you're not overwhelmed or like overly excited. I think right? what I mean is. I'm seeing these trilogies in my late, my mid to late twenties mm-hmm. when I saw the original trilogy when I was a kid. It's like I bet you, like if you saw the kids in the theater, they're like, "That's my favorite movie of all time." That's their trilogy. Yeah, you know and, what I mean, and just that, like how we were kids, the the backlash of the ours. prequels is is becoming less and less so due to nostalgia. So, and also they're like, after seeing these sequels, they're now saying, "You know, prequel trilogy were better than this." They're, you know, and I'm like, no, Phantom Menace still joke. sucks. Phantom Menace is still terrible. <laughs> Sorry. I still think Attack of the Clones is the worst. Yeah, Attack of the it's Clones bad. is no, they're, by they're far they're the both, worst. They're both bad. I'm just saying, after watching Phantom Menace, it doesn't age well. Phantom Menace has more going for a lot more going for it than people realize. It has, I, it has I always, two things. And I, I, I always like Phantom Menace. But I'll say this. Anybody that anybody that harassed Jake Lloyd really I really hope you fucking repent it. You're a piece of shit. What? I watched this I watched what, this, what happened to Jake Lloyd? I know he did Phantom I, Menace and he did Jingle All the Way and nothing he, else. He apparently went to jail. He's apparently in jail now. Yeah, yeah. He, yeah. If he, he if he's out, he just recently got out. But like he basically got harassed by Star Wars fans so badly he just quit. And he's like, he's "I'm like, a person. My name is Jake Lloyd." And it's like he's only like nine or ten years old. And like I was watching this interview where um, Mark Hamill was even saying like he's still bit a, a, a bit bitter at the Star Wars fandom mm-hmm. for how they treated him. And then he's like, he's like, he, he says something to the extent of you know he's like they're crapping on him for all this clunky dialogue and he's like believe me i've worked with george lucas i know about clunky dialogue yeah but like like he he went in there he gave it his best shot he did exactly what george lucas wanted so he's the, actually he's the director he's basically saying and he wasn't a bad actor no he wasn't he was a kid yeah. you know but the, the great acting is when they're like uh when they're basically saying that anakin we're not going to train him the Jedi's like, fuck, he's not, we're not going to train him. And Anakin's giving this, like, fucking evil look. Like, this fucking, like, mean look at them. And I'm like, oh, my God. You but can it, tell but, that there's Vader in there. But it's just like this. And, and I hate to be the one to say it, but, like, unless someone can prove otherwise, I think Star Wars might have been the original, like, toxic fandom based on um, Phantom Menace and the way they treated Jake Lloyd. And apparently Jar Jar Banks too. <laughs> and I'm yeah, but Jar Jar Banks isn't a real pe- person that they can harass. Um, yes. No one's gonna harass the actor who played George or who played Jar Jar Banks because a lot of people probably don't even bother to look him up on IMDb. Yeah. But they're gonna go after Jake Lloyd because it's so easy to do. He's a kid, you know. He's not gonna defend himself. The the, the guy who played Jar Jar Banks might find where they live and kick their ass. Here's a ten year old boy. What's he gonna do if he finds where I live? Cry on me? He's gonna start drinking like he did in Jingle All the Way. Here's um, to you, asshole. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, I thought Rise of Skywalker was it was pretty good. Sh- you know, do I think it could have been better? Yeah, but what we got is still good. I thought I I personally was and, satisfied. I thought it was a really good conclusion. I don't hate honestly, this trilogy. I'm just kind of happy that the Skywalker stuff is over. But is it really though? Because the way it ended, I mean, if we continue with with if like if Ray has another adventure or whatever, in a way, it's still the Skywalker saga. I think she's still connected of, to that. Of the bloodline. But, yeah, but, but still, she's still it's still connected to the Skywalker. I th- I think 
I think the meaning of the ending is that it's it's fairly final. Fairly. You know, because she buries the lightsabers. In sand. In sand. Of course, uh, it's rough. She's, and it gets everywhere. She's one of the... Even in the lightsaber. I think she's what... I mean, they're ignoring Last Jedi, so she's one of the last Force adepts that's actually been trained in the ways of the Jedi. They're ignoring Last Jedi. There's also the kid with the broom. Yeah. Um, but also Finn. Finn. Because that's what it was supposed to tell Rey that we never talked about. That they never talked about. Basically, they're supposed to say, I'm Force-sensitive. It's just like, why would you... That's a weird thing to hold it on someone. Like, I guess I want to tell you, like, you think, oh, I love you, well, or, or this. Well, I mean, to be fair, every we time know, he tries to... We it, don't know what he was going to tell her. Well, to be fair, every well, time... Well, J.J. said in the original cut, but also, like, he does it. But also think about it. it. If you look at it in context, it wasn't really that important. It's not like he was strong. If he was strong in the Force, okay. But if he's just saying, oh, I'm Force-sensitive, that could just but mean... That know. could just mean, like, he could... He could f- he could flick a, 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 a he could like flick somebody from across the room. Like but, it's not really all that well, impressive. It's a, well, but you also you don't even have to see. Doesn't have to say it when he's like when when you know something happens to Ray near the end, like after the final battle, he feels it in the force. So you don't even need to say he's force sensitive. He feels it. Well, that's <clears throat> and that was the point of the last Jedi. I'm sorry, um, but yeah, I'm just. Can we put the Skywalker stuff to bed and just move on with other stuff? Get more stuff like the Mandalorian. Can we pour one? Can we, can we pour a uh, uh, a thing of the uh, the green milk out for uh, blue milk. or blue milk? I always say green. Can we pour some of that blue milk? That's one of the Skywalkers. Bad. That's when it goes yeah. bad. It's just like like I said, a lot of the choices they made in the last movie, I just feel make the world too the the universe too small. It's one family. You know, this is all, like, the same couple families, and, like, I, I understand, like, you know, the the rule of two with the Sith, and and just kind of how it, it just seems like it's always going to come down to the same couple people, <laughs> and I'm just kind of, like... It's a weird nepotism. I can, here, <laughs> That's good. Here, here's the thing. I can agree with that for the third for the the trilogy we just got. Like I wouldn't have been, I would have preferred it yeah, the not prequels, around the Skywalkers. Prequels make sense because you're figuring out how how the Skywalkers even became. Yeah, you have the what, prequels what happened, but and and you have Last Jedi that really open the world up and and allow like hey like any you know anybody could be like force adept. And like in, in the prequels, whole, people get trained. There's a whole Jedi temple, and the only people that can be Jedi's are Skywalker. No, no, it's like kind of like how I see the Force. Like you're more uh, like let's say you are better at the arts than other people, not because you just have the talent and you have the inept like uh, uh, way to tap into that inner yeah. self. You know what I mean? I think I can sum this up the best way possible. Do y'all remember, because I know you guys at least saw the review because I showed it to you. Do y'all remember Angry Video Game Nerds review of Hong Kong 97? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Remember how like you play as Bruce Lee's relative chin? Yeah. So, so according to the universe <laughs> of this horrible, horrible game... If you're just related to someone who's good at something, you're automatically good right. at it. Right. That's the logic that uh, up until now we've gone with. 
as far as, as far as like, if you're a Skywalker, you're just automatically good at the and force. That's, and, and like I said, but that ruins to like, me everything that Empire Strikes Back says. Like, yeah, to me, Luke wasn't expecting Yoda to yeah. be this Jedi master. He was expecting a big warrior dude. Yeah, I just I. That's just a personal thing. I think it makes the universe really small. Is it sad that my only real problem with this whole new trilogy was just um, Princess Leia air Jordaning back into the ship? That's uh, one of my big. That's problems. the only. Yeah. That's literally, literally but, the only problem I had with the whole thing, and it wasn't even that. But big Palpatine being alive is too outlandish. I was okay uh, with that. I'm just saying, like, I was happy to see him. Let's. It's creepy as he let's was. Let's talk about the Mandalorian though, which is a million times like, which, more open. You know, I put that right beneath the original trilogy, like in quality. Yes. Like I think it's the best thing they've done since the original trilogy. Yes. Personally. And it even ties stuff like from Clone Wars and Rebels into it. I'm like, fucking this. Yeah. <clears throat> Somebody was paying attention. <laughs> and I believe his name's John Favreau. Um, Sorry, guys. I'm. Uh, I, he I keeps. Keep, he's, he's want spoilers from Wrestle Kingdom, but he keeps looking on Twitter. Mm-hmm. Stop looking at Twitter or Instagram. Stop yelling at me. You did it first. I want to talk about Mandalorian. I want to talk about Mandalorian. Uh, have you seen it at all? No, that's what I'm saying. Don't get too deep into spoilers because Caitlin and I are gonna watch it. We were gonna wait oh, for it to, saying, we were gonna wait till like finish, and then we realized how few episodes it, the season actually had. So yeah. we planned way ahead. Like we, I thought it was gonna have like twice as many episodes in nah, the first season, nah, and episodes. it didn't. So I was like, "Fuck." Yeah. So I do plan to watch. It's it, a total though. of four hours. So yeah, they're all a movie, roughly a half hour. Yeah. Well, a Lord of the Rings movie. A Criterion movie. Or a twenty A Joe Peck. Or a, a 2019 movie. Yes, the equivalent of a Joe Peck. Uh, but the Mandalorian is a Joe Peck. The, Ma- the Mandalorian is, has been great. The Mandajoian. Um, you know, I'm sorry, you, guys. You start seeing different cultures. You go to different worlds. They establish that the Mandalorians are not a race. Yeah, it's not a race. It's a, it's a creed. It's a try. I thought that was funny when he says that to... Um, uh, uh, uh Carl Weathers, way. and it's like that's a creed, and they just cut the Carl Weathers. I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> wait, wait, wait. So you're hold on. So you're saying that the Mandalorians are just are? It's not a like you said. It's not a race, but it's a creed. It's like a tribe. So what you're saying is, by being a creed, does that mean they'll accept you with arms wide open? Arms wide. You have to say it better. You have to say it the right way. I, I don't have the throw for it. Open. I don't have the throw for it today. Uh, no, they don't. Um, <laughs> you have to be picked. Uh, to so, be so, a foundling is what. So what you're ha- gonna have to. So what you're saying is, if I want to be a Mandalorian, I have to make my sacrifice. Yeah, out of human clay. Um, you gotta walk the monkey. <clears throat> That's not a Creed song. Look up the lyrics, man. <laughs> I'm just but kidding. They just Twitter. sound. They just sound like he's saying "walk the monkey." Oh God damn it! <laughs> uh, I lost. I got lost on that one. Um, but it, you're following. Not fat. It's it's not a youngling. It's a foundling. Yeah, youngling um, just got killed. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> um, but it's it's revealing more of the lore and kind of revealing another side of the empire. The Mandalore. That... Come on, man. I'm sorry. Come on. You're throwing me. You're throwing you know me what? Easy the, ones. You know what? The fact that there isn't a podcast dedicated to the Mandalorian or a a, a, a review series called Mandalorian. Uh, it bothers me. Um, I looked it up but you, before this. You know, you, you see another side of the Empire and kind of how it affects other people outside of the Jedi. Huh. And, and, and a it's broken a, Empire. Yeah. And 
you see kind of... I'm trying not to spoil too much for Scott, but... It, Scott's just going to leave. It's, it's um... You, you've got really great pronounced characters that are that are de- developed super well. Yeah. Um, and and I was happy to see some of them come back at the end. Yes. And and I was just it was a great. I was happy. I missed the seventh episode that came out early. Yeah. And watched it with the eighth episode yes, back same, to back. Same here, same here. Because it's a two part. That would have been a doozy. It's that would have been a real doozy. Yeah, because that ending of seven, you're like, oh fuck. But, but eight is so like, if you watch it, it's a very good two parter, like mm-hmm. two part episodes, because uh, it establishes the real villain, which is guy from Breaking Bad. Um, <laughs> Guess uh, spring. What is this? What it's is this? Us. No, 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 no. What oh, is his name in this? Moff Gideon. Moff Gideon. Yes. Uh, his name's badass Gideon. Badass name. Uh, and they, I don't want to say what happens at the end, but they establish a certain weapon. And there's, like, a, oh, there's, fuck. A, there's an item that shows up, and you're like, which has ties to the Mandalorians. You're, you're like, come on, guys. You're too good. You're too good at this. Yeah. <laughs> Goddamn, Jam John Favreau. You did Iron Man, and you fucking knocked it out of the park. You do Mandalorian, you knock it out of the park. I mean, Jesus, dude. Also, last episode was uh, directed by Taika Waititi, which is kind of interesting. Who's also the voice of IG-13 or IG-11, whatever. An IG unit is not... They're usually a hunter. They're not a nurse droid. I am a nurse droid. Oh, my God. So good. And it even ties in the whole self-destruct thing. I think it was very nice. That ties in... The Mandalorian code comes in. Like, it all works. Yes. And you're like, God damn, it'd be like fit together like a perfect puzzle. Yeah, though <laughs> I didn't I, put it together. Yeah, though the um what do we call Weathers is character name? Grief Grief Karga. I thought his like his um change of heart was a little sudden. Um, I don't think it's legit. Oh. Oh. Also, can we say that Cara Dune is the most badass character? Yeah, I love her. Yeah. But I mean and it's Nick baby Nolte, Yoda. And Nick Nolte. Yeah, he was the voice of um, the dog face dude. Yeah, I have spoken. I have spoken. This is the way. Very like, very. I like, have spoken. Ah, <clears throat> uh, but yeah, baby Yoda's cute. Yeah, I like. I said like. I think this is as this is right underneath the original trilogy. Yeah, and, and I. It feels and, like and a honestly, Star Wars aliens. When and that's another thing. Rise of Skywalker did. They started showing more aliens. That's what we need. It's a it's but, space. They're not all white people. Yeah. This show... I would say... Because I haven't seen Rebels and I haven't seen Clone Wars. I've only seen the first season of And Rebels, honestly, so. those might be in the same spot. Like, because I haven't seen them. I don't this know. This is the first time we're seeing something post-Jedi. Post-Empire. Post-Return of the Jedi. It's usually, like, before, like, New Hope. Like, Rebels is before New Hope. Clone Wars is during uh, the Republic Age. Mm-hmm. But you don't see much that's canon now. Of course, it was comic books, but now that's all not canon. Well, the and there's the, the last trilogy. The last trilogy, yeah. But, but this is like, right after Return yeah, of the Jedi. Yes. Yeah, so it's um, like... Yeah, so you get to see that. and I think This is like immediate aftermath. And like I said, I don't know... Like how Rebels and Clone Wars is going to stack up, 
And with this show, it, there's a possibility it starts working its way up in between the movies of the original trilogy. Yeah, like I just feel like <clears throat> this it, it, it it's on a path right now to get surpassed Return of the Jedi easily. Yeah. As long as it keeps up how good it is. Yeah. The next season it's coming out 20 fall 2020 fun fall this year, I mean. Yeah. Um and um yeah, I'm exp- I'm hoping they like age baby Yoda into like a toddler. Or, like, a little older. So he's like, oh, he's yeah, that'll <laughs> get over. My so favorite so part is, is like, baby, Yoda. use the magic hand. <laughs> baby Yoda just waves at him. Okay. And Carla's <laughs> like, like, damn it. <clears throat> I'm out of ideas. Yeah. Also, Bill Burr. Dude. Bill Burr, yeah. Oh, I actually saw a meme that was funny. Someone had said some of the, like, Bill Burr's voice in Mandalorian troubles me because it leads me to believe there's some kind of a space Boston. Oh. <clears throat> Also, uh, uh, fuck Jason Sudeikis. Yeah, apparently what? he played the one trooper. There's a trooper that punches Baby Yoda. There's oh. both of them <laughs> and do, and like- I keep pointing this out. Both of them hit Baby Yoda. Yes. So y'all need to chill the fuck out. Yes. But who's the other one? I don't know. Oh. Is that guy. There's but no, they, so there's a part where they're George sitting George Lucas. Um, I'm going to hit the Baby Yoda. <laughs> so... so They That's are a terrible those Kale. those two Hard. troopers are together, and this is like one of the climaxes of the season. And they're sitting there and they're talking. And they're like, they're they're just like kind of <laughs> small talking, which is nice to see out of the stormtroopers, which only happens in this show. The stormtroopers are the only this is the only time I've ever seen stormtroopers small talk, <laughs> and these guys are just like. Yeah, I mean, they told us to meet him here, so that's what we're going to do. And he's like, did he say, like, they just wiped out half of those guys? And he's like, yeah, yeah, I guess he killed his own dudes. He's <laughs> like, so, what a dick. <laughs> Does he actually say what a dick? No. Oh. No, but they do get away with a lot of stuff in, in the show, if I remember correctly. As long as the language isn't naughty. Yeah. But, like... He's like, you know, these guys come in, they want to make a statement, so they kill half the dudes. He's like, it's still messed up. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, good thing we're out here. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, super fun. I thought it was very enjoyable. Like, the like, it's not, I feel like people are, now, like, later on, people are, like, ragging on it because it's not a linear show, and I'm like... Not everything has to be... What do they mean, I prefer, linear? like, Game of Thrones. Like, like how it's like, you, <clears throat> like, like, how, like... Every episode was kind of like a job of the week for the Mandalorian, but it still had like a story. Like it felt like a Star Trek kind of feel, like where it had like they had an overarching story, but it was like single episodes. Like the Bill Burr episode was like kind of like isolated. But you learn more about the Mandalorian's past. These have been linear though; they're in order. I think I can explain this. The, I, I think I can say this in Please. his speak. What he's saying is something like Game of Thrones, like everything is directly like everything in each episode of Game of Thrones. I'll use his analogy is like telling part of a story. It's leading in one story. There's no jumping off. There's no breaks. It's just you're telling. It's all dedicated to telling a story, whereas this one isn't so much focused on telling that story. It's more about like cares more about world building and doing yes. like fun things. There's like loose continuation of the story, but it's not as fo- it's not super focused. It's, on it's the more story. of like a so, Buffy the Vampire Slayer where it's like 
It's Monster of the Week, but still has its overarching <coughs> I story. Wish, or kind I of the, or hold kind on, of the, I wish it was more Monster of the Week than it was, but um, in the middle it was. But there's that like there's that because if you miss too much of it, you're done. There there's that one episode I remember the Bill Burr episode, yeah, Space Boston, and people called it like filler. Yeah, that's all. I was like, no, and I'm like, yeah, I mean. It's just a break from yeah. What's going on? It's not. Know? It's not fucking. It's not fucking anime. But they're also talking about like it's the, not like the, 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 the villager them. one when they fight the ATST. The villager one. They're even talking about that as filler. But it's telling a story about the Mandalorian, his his uh, morals, his goals. There's a lot in that episode. I know. And that's and one of the more the important episodes. What the fuck's wrong episodes. with filler? I like filler. Filler is good. You know what one of my favorite episodes of Dragon Ball Z is? The driving. The one, yeah, the one where Goku and Piccolo learn to drive. Learn to fucking drive. It's you know? God forbid. God forbid. I mean, we this, take a break. I mean, Mandalorian is not Naruto with filler, so. Yeah. Believe it! <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it's, it's just, it's a great show. Another mm-hmm. great show that I'll talk briefly about, because uh, I don't think anyone here watched it, uh, was The Watchmen. You know what? I didn't watch it. I was Who talking, watches uh, The Watchmen? I was mostly talking about Joe. I did not watch The Watchmen. The Watchmen is definitely not a linear show. You gotta fucking watch it. It's also, episode. like, HBO, isn't and it? It's, now, here's the real question, yeah, Wade. It's not TV. It's HBO. Which one's more of a slow burn? Watchmen or Doomsday Clock? Well, I haven't read Doomsday Clock yet. Doomsday <laughs> Clock. I have all of them right there. <laughs> that was the slowest burn in the history of burn. Oh, no, Watchmen's only eight episodes, and like every episode's stock full of like, like one episode's a flashback episode, and I'm like, oh my god, how the fuck did they film? There's like, so many cool like things they like instrument interesting shots like someone opens doors and there's like a double door, it opens both doors and it enters into like a street. So it goes from interior to, like, an open street, so this doorway is, like, in the middle of the road or whatever. It's like, how the fuck did he <clears> open <throat> that door, man? No, it's not about, how like, do you do that? how they film that. Like, stuff like... I know what you mean. I'm just being Like, silly. this character is intertwined. Like, she takes, like, it's called nostalgia. So it's, like, takes, like, takes on this so she's in someone's memory or whatever. And... It, I know somebody taking <clears throat> nostalgia, making a Watchmen show. hey they, they They cut to, like... <laughs> Was well, an Alan Moore this person? Hey-o. This person, the camera spins, and it's now the other person that's taking. It's it's interesting. Was it uh, kind of like the Black <clears throat> Swan shot? Kind of. You know the one I'm talking yeah, about. Yeah, kind of. Um, but this is also, uh, if you notice, like Dave Gibbons was very behind it. But they also said it just says co-creator uh, Dave Gibbons, no Alan Moore. Okay. He doesn't want his name on uh, it. Alan Moore's. I don't want my name on anything, which is fine. I feel like this is the most Watchmen. Did you see from Hell? Yes. Yes. No, 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 I'm not saying I'm not. We're League of an Extraordinary <laughs> Gentleman? I'm not blaming Alan Moore. That was Moore. the movie that retired Sean Connery. I'm not blaming Alan Moore at all for what he's doing. Well, you can. But, <clears throat> but I will say. Oh, oh, for what he's This doing. show makes the original uh, Watchmen movie seem mediocre and not thought provoking, I guess. I thought the original. <clears throat> I thought the Watchmen movie did that on its own. I'm, I'm just saying. <clears throat> I'm just saying the writing on this one is like it's also a sequel, so it's not like it's a sequel to the book, the ending of the book, right? With the squid thing, right? Yeah, just want to let you know if you're going to this like knowing the movie, yeah, it, it's a totally different. They're, they're focused on the ending of the book with the squid stuff. So is the squid uh, Doctor Manhattan's giant blue dick? No, <clears throat> then I don't. Oh, they, then they, I don't care. Um, there is more dong in this, not not blue dong. 
but then I really don't care. Remember, he had, he talked about <clears throat> the giant black dildo or whatever it was. Yeah. Blue dildo. No, it's like blue dildo. There's Sorry. two dudes that get naked. There's there's no naked women. There's no, there's one naked woman. But I'm just saying, like for an HBO show, very tame, but it's also very tense with uh, it's Seventh Calvary. We're being just a bunch of racists. Um. It's like, hey, y'all, <clears throat> is the world bothering you today? I've got two Watch questions. Watch this fantasy version of the same world. I've Let's got, just say. I've got two questions. Is it good? Yes. Uh, I think it's a near-perfect first season. Second question. Did it need to be Watchmen? Could you take everything you've seen in this show and pop it out of the uh, Watchmen universe and just repaint it? No. Because <clears throat> a lot of it really ties into the what happens at the end of Watchmen, like the the uh, everything. Well, I mean, I guess you could if you want to make it like about the Seventh Calvary being a bunch of racists. But there's a whole like other thing about you know what's what's it mean to be a god? Uh, what's it mean to be human? What's it mean to wear a mask? Why do you wear a mask? Could it be Batman and <clears throat> Superman? Could. I, mean, I think it, I think you're more talking about outside the superhero realm, right? No, just out of watch. Like, <clears throat> does it need to be Watchmen, or could like it have been it anything? I feel like it does. I feel like it it does. <clears throat> Yo, but like, hear me out. In the same universe, doesn't have to because it also sounded comedian. like V for Vendetta, and it Yo, doesn't have to have the the uh, the comedian in it. Doesn't have to have all these characters. They do go to a backstory of Hooded Justice, which I think is hysterical. But hear me out. What if it's that same show, same everything? But it's backdropped into the universe of Eastbound and Down. Or if it's backdropped into the background of Cats. Or the backdrop <clears throat> of Back to the Future. Doc, are you telling me that these Rorschach-looking Klansmen are from the future? I'm in the future, man! I'm gonna be late for school! <clears throat> I do love how Robert Redford is the president. They have not shown Robert Redford yet, uh-huh. but I feel like next season... He might. <clears throat> Yo, what if it's not? What if they got someone else and Robert Redford was just like, I, I, I'm just doing <clears throat> the voice till they can find somebody. Also, Jeremy Irons as Ozymandias is the best. Well, try, Jeremy Irons is the best in general, but he's so good in this. Okay. Yeah. Uh, well, I, I don't know what you I'm want me saying, to remark on. <clears throat> I'm just saying uh, Watchmen was probably the best show I've watched in a long time. He was the best scholar. <clears throat> Yeah, like it out there. It was, especially since everyone was like so disappointed about Game of Thrones. I was okay with it, but people were dis- disappointed with it. This show was like, holy shit! Like this is how you tell a story. This is how. Man, I can't wait <clears throat> for it to end eight <clears throat> seasons later with a really disappointing ending. To be fair, though, to be fair, though, <laughs> you could stick a Starbucks cup on in Watchmen and it'd be okay. <clears throat> um, but you could. Uh, but it's just like, oh my god, like, if they just make it this season and don't make any more, perfect. I think it's like... It's, if it's, Guess what, Wade? I, I know. But if it's, you can look at it as... They're not gonna do that. I know, if you look at it as like a limited series, it works as a limited series. Okay. I'm just saying, like, it's that... All the plot threads, except for Lube Man, but Lube Man was like such Lube a... Lube Man? Yeah. <clears throat> There's a guy that dressed like in like... And silver, and he puts lube all over his body so he can slip through like cracks and stuff. Yeah, it was a weird chase scene. I didn't that had to be in <clears throat> Watchmen. They never, they never no. talk about it again. That's the only thing I'm like. They left that question open, but all the other questions are like answered near the end. Oh my god, that's <clears throat> why they don't show Robert Redford's face because it turns out the president is Lube <clears throat> Man. 
Robert Redford the whole time was Lube Man. I'm telling you, if it turns out that Robert Redford was Lube Man this whole time, I want to. I wonder if they asked Robert Redford, like, hey, do you want to. Do you want to be Lube Man? Are you okay? (laughs) Are you okay if us name drop you? He's probably like, I don't even know what Watchmen is. Sure. Anyway, so Mandalorian and Game Game of Thrones. Mandalorian and uh, Watchmen are awesome. Yeah, well, you, you know what I say to you know what I say to your Mandalorians, your Rise of Skywalkers, your Watchmen, I'm so your glad. Man. I'm s- you know what I say to you guys, pussies, pussies. That's what you guys are. You know why? Because you're over here watching intentionally intentional quality content. You know what I did? Huh. You know what I did to close out 2019? I'll tell you what I did. I watched the unholy trilogy of Christmas sequels. That's <clears throat> right. I watched Jingle All the Way to. I watched. Christmas Vacation 2 and A Christmas Story 2 because I'm a fucking man and I wanted to test my boundaries, before, my threshold of pain. Before you get into your rankings, I'm so glad that last night Diana was like, I want to finish Watchmen because the original plan was we were going to see The Grudge. Yeah, you dodged a bullet on that one, sir. Because usually, even if it's bad, she's like, I still want to see it with my own eyes because some people can be a little overcritical for uh-huh. horror movies because horror movies... Suck. Critically, They're- critically are not acclaimed. Uh, like some movies, the hard, good horror movies are like thirty percent Rotten Tomatoes, right? Well, the, even she was like, "Yeah, it's not so." Well, and horror movies are kind of hard to judge because critically, they're like I said, like you said, yes. they're usually critically shunned. And horror movie fans will literally just accept any shit they're given. But this one, it seems like no one likes. And it. I'm not shitting on horror fans. I'm just saying, let's be real. Y'all will pretty much accept anything. Well, the horror fans also thought this was terrible too. So I dodged a bullet. So terrible. So, so terrible things to transition to your terrible things. Okay. So, we will begin, I will go in order of which I watched. So, I, we started the night with Jingle All the Way to starring Larry the Cable Guy and Santino Morella. I'm not making that up. Your favorite of the bunch. Calling it. Um, so, for the most part, it sort of is a similar idea, um, but it builds a little more into it. Whereas, like, in the first movie, it almost... Not immediately, but it almost immediately starts with he's got to get this toy. There's a lot more build-up to him trying to get the toy and why he wants to get the toy. It's not just like, oh, I got to get the toy because my wife's going to kill me. It's more like, I need to get this toy because, you know, my... They're going you know, through, he's going through a divorce, right? He, he He's yeah. already divorced. Um, he his, ex-wife, pr- his ex-wife, they still have a good relationship. Yeah. Um, but uh, she's moved on. She's just remarried. And he's worried that, like, because this guy has more money and stuff like that, he's going to be able to buy his daughter's love. You know who the guy should have been? Who? Judge Reinhold. Yeah, that would have been nice. You could have crossed over Santa Claus with this man. That would have been nice. Um, So it takes a while for them to, like, kick into that. So he's just trying to find, like, little things he can do. But it's, like, it's so dumb. It's like the cable And there's, like, oh, and guess who who he plays? Larry. I got got concerned because I was, like, how many times has he played a guy named Larry? Other, I, I'm waiting for uh, other than in. other than playing Mater in the Cars series, he has played a character named Larry in every live action movie he's ever done except one movie. Can you guess what movie that was? Oh, it was um Tooth Fairy Two. No, he played a guy named Larry in. That. Oh God, it's the other one where he's like a health inspector. No, because it's called Larry the yeah, Cable Guy Larry. Health Inspector. Oh okay. No, and I've also seen that one. Um, I'm sorry. No. It was the Medea Christmas movie. He played a guy named Buddy. His name was Barry. Whatever. Or Barry. 
Whatever the fuck. The point is, the point is, he Jay always Larry. played a guy named Larry. Santino in this movie, he he's he, he's just. I'm surprised he they, made, they haven't made a Cable Guy two movie. I'm surprised they didn't get try to get McFoley for this being a Christmas movie because it's WWE Studios. Um, but Santino. Sometimes I feel like he keeps slipping in and out of his fake Italian accent. Like there's sometimes I can't tell if he's using his real voice or his, or his Santino voice. Um, and then Cornette slaps him in the face. So basically, it just goes it goes to this whole thing between the dad and the stepdad. They're fighting over this girl's love. So throughout the movie, you keep seeing this guy buying. They're called Harrison Bears, and they're like the hot new toy. Yeah. And he keeps buying like in, them in bulk. Which the whole time was pissing me off because I used to work at like Target and Toys R Us, and I'm just thinking, you know, if you had a two per customer limit, this wouldn't be an issue. But whatever. <coughs> so he's buying these up. So you're trying. <clears throat> so you're thinking he's the villain. So as the movie keeps going, they figure out like, okay, I'm gonna get the Harrison Bear, whatever. Yeah. And he can't find one anywhere. He finally he you know. And it turns out the reason why is the stepdad who's worried about about um, who's worried about the daughter liking him. He's been going around town buying them all yeah. up so no one else can get one, so she can be the only kid in town with one, and that way he'll look like the, the super the, the best super dad. dad, the best dad. Yeah, but also has all these Harrison bears. They're just like yeah. Well, no, they no no no. He has this he like stashes big, them. he has this big ass warehouse. Yeah, he stashes them. Um, but then it turns out, that then, like, they find out about him, and Larry had this heart-to-heart, so then he's like, you know what, I'm gonna give all the bears away at the, at the town social, or whatever yeah. the fuck. Um, it's a very dumb movie, there's very unnecessary, like, fart jokes and toilet oh, jokes. Oh, I've seen it, I yes. can't tell you how many times there was randomly, like, man, I gotta take a poop, I gotta poop. I got the whole Larry Cable guy does. Um, and he really did have to. The poop. dumbest joke in the whole movie, and it was dumb because not only could you see it a mile away, but you're just thinking, what is the logic here? So I guess like there was no snow, or they the, the, there was no snow where where exactly they lived at, or it was all gone or something. So he decides he's gonna shovel a bunch of snow into a U-Haul and then bring it over so that she can have like a white Christmas. But that but it all melts, and you're like, of course it melts, you fucking moron. I don't know. It was a dumb movie. Even it was so bad. Even my aunt Mary was like, "This is dumb. This is like." She's <laughs> it's like, a she, she, kept, guy she movie. kept apologizing to me like I like the movie. Like I was just like, Scott, I'm sorry, but this, is, this is one of the worst movies I've ever seen in my life. And, <laughs> and, I'm then, like, and then you popped in Christmas actually, vacation too. Okay, so we finish. We can go all the way to. We get into Christmas vacation. Not a really too. good save there, Wade. <laughs> yeah, Christmas vacation too is by um, far one of the worst okay, movies I've ever seen. After watching those two, I will say Christmas vacation two and Jing- and uh, Christmas story two, story wise, better movies. No, no, no. Compared to Jingle All the Way two, better movies. Jingle All the Way two is as a good far as short, story. It's a good short film. Here's here's the thing. Here's the thing about here's the thing about these those two movies in particular. They were victims of their title. They were victims of their characters. Mm-hmm. Hear me out on this one. Mm-hmm. No, 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 no. No, I'm agreeing with you. Okay, because you sound like you're judging me on this. Oh, one. about the title, but then you said characters like, mm-hmm, yeah. Because if you would have, if you would have changed the titles of these movies to where they're not sequels, they're their own standalone things, and. If you would have made made it to where like it wasn't Cousin Eddie and his family, it wasn't Ralphie and his can we family. Say, can we say if it wasn't Randy Quaid? 
No, you can still do Randy Quaid. Because the humor in Christmas Vacation, it just doesn't hit at all. But but the thing is, with Randy Quaid, though, he's played enough characters like Cousin Eddie to where you could still use him. You can still use the people, you just, just not the characters. And the script. Especially in Christmas Story, too, because, like, the, the guy who played the original dad is dead, so you knew you weren't getting him. And replacing him with Daniel Stern's like, hey, he got older and he got more hair. Yeah. You know? So anyway, so Christmas Vacation 2, um... It starts off kind of bad. It feels like when you... You know what it felt like? It felt like when you were a kid and you go to the video store and you'd find a movie similar to the movie you were looking for, but they didn't have the movie you were looking for, so you got that. Or maybe you were duped and thought it was it. You put it in, and it's just similar enough in, in, in like, tone, but, like, you know it's cheap. You know it's not the right movie. It's almost like someone... Bought it thinking it was the original Christmas story or Christmas vacation. You thought it was Transformers, it but it's Transmorphers. Yeah, basically. Oh no. <laughs> um. So the plot of this one is so Eddie and his family and and uh, and Ed Asner is in this movie. I'm, which is funny because it came out the same year as Elf that Ed Asner is also in. <coughs> Ed Asner's the man. So not in this movie. Ta- yeah, yeah. Talk about like uh, a classic Christmas movie and one of the most hated Christmas. So movies. the plot of the movie is they get this vacation to Hawaii. They go, they go, and very Christmassy. They, well, I mean, you know, there is you know, Melakaliki Maka is the thing. You know, so this is a Hawaiian Christmas song, and it was used in Christmas Vacation when so, he was in a speedo. Yeah, yeah, with the shirt tucked in. Yeah. So I mean, in a way, there is some connection to an extent. You got really reach. But he only brought like two kids, and we don't know he has like seventeen kids. No, he only brought one of his kids. The other one's Audrey. Oh yeah, that's right. I haven't seen this movie in years. And it was and 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 I don't know remember what her name is, but the one in it is the one who played her in the the first vacation movie. Juliet Lewis. No, that's Christmas Vacation. No, the original Vacation. Oh, Oh, the original. The original. Okay, I got you. Sorry about that. It's okay. Um, so this means she's the only person, the only, uh, Griswold kid to reprise their role. Yeah, literally none of them. For, for a second, I thought Anthony Michael Hall was in European Vacation, but then I realized they found another awkward looking dude. <laughs> yeah. Who looks similar enough. So anyway, so they get this trip to Hawaii, they go with their tour. Michael Sarah. They go with their tour guide, and they go, they go to go on this boat, and they're going to do all this, you know, and they're going to go on this trip, but the boat, they end up having problems with the boat, they end up on this island. Shitter was cool. Yeah. So they're stuck on the island, it's just about them, like, surviving on the island and everything, but Literally. then it turns out that they weren't actually stranded and there was like a hotel like right near literally like the, the most funny away. movie I've ever it, watched it really was there was not one joke <laughs> in the whole movie <laughs> that worked everything cause, it, cause here's the thing even if a joke did work you saw it coming from so far from a mile away you already got the joke you got your little laugh out of it, and you moved on. It just proves that... Before the punchline came. Cousin Eddie is a great side character that's in the movie for... Yeah, yeah, no. My aunt said it best, and, I, and I've and i always agreed with this. This, But this movie proves that there's a reason why side characters are side characters. There's a reason why Randy Quaid's a good side you never, actor. And, and here's the thing. You never want to give the comic relief character a, a, their own movie. It's just not going to work. Unless, the, unless there's still technically comic relief. You know what I mean? Yeah. If you want to make a Cousin Eddie movie, that's fine, but you still got to use him less and less. Use him more than you would in the regular movies, but you still got to not make him the focal point. Yeah, um, this may be one of the worst movies I've ever but seen. But that being said, 
the cast was decent. I mean, like they got they got Randy Quaid back. They got the woman who played his wife in all the movies. Uh, the kid who played, I think it was he was Clark Griswold the third. What? No, seriously, they keep, he keeps calling him third the whole time because yeah. they do say his name is Clark. He named him after Clark. And Clark, I fa- I always forget Clark Griswold's a junior. Mm. Yeah. Um, I think Christmas Vacation is where they you, yes. you learn about that. Yeah, it's there. Yeah. <sighs> And um, the kid who plays it, he was, I think he was the brother on Lizzie McGuire. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. So he's Clark Griswold third for for Eddie's family? But, he, but, but he's Ellen's cousin. Wait, he just named him that. Yeah, he named him. Eddie's oh. an idiot. Oh, so Griswold is like part of the name, not like... His name's last- Clark Griswold third. No, he's not Clark Griswold, and then oh he god. is the third. No, his name is Clark Griswold the oh third. Oh my god. Johnson. No, I think that is actually their last name, Johnson. I don't remember. Um, it's either Johnson or Jackson. It's a J one. But anyway, Johnson. um But like the kid was fine, like I said, I think he was the brother on Lizzie McGuire. The kid was fine like the acting wasn't bad for the kind of movie it was. It's just, just the was movie was awful. Stupid shit. Like the whole like him having a job at the the testing thing and losing a job to a monkey. I mean Fred Willard's there, but I mean God, how hard is it to get Fred Willard? My my any of those movies not very. <coughs> my Aunt Mary said it best. She's basically like if I had if I had like twenty dollars right now, I could probably get Fred Willard to come over to our house. You know, it's not that hard to get Fred Willard. Um, just just call his agent. Just the same with Jingle All the Way too. A lot of unnecessary like fart jokes that just weren't necessary. They weren't funny. They didn't attribute to anything. Watching Ed Asner be a creepy like pervert wasn't exactly something I wanted to see in any capacity. Yeah. Especially when you know he played Santa in Elf. Um, I feel like everybody tried. It was just. I think this was a case of you had people who really wanted to make the best out of a shitty script. Um, which is a shame because one of the the directors, one of the writers of Christmas Vacation, so it wasn't like they didn't have the ability to make a good movie. It, it just, sounds like the writer wrote it for a paycheck. Maybe, maybe it's a first draft. Here you go, done. Personally, money. personally, I think what happened was this was literally supposed to just be a movie that he wrote, and then he's like, "Yeah, nobody's gonna watch this. Fuck it. We'll slap Christmas Vacation two on it. We'll make this bumbling idiot character. We'll make it Eddie." That way, you know, to get more eyeballs. I think that's what happened. I found no proof of this, but I think that's. What I happened. always get this movie confused with Captain Ron sometimes, but Captain never Ron's, seen Captain Ron. Captain, that's Ron. Captain Ron's Kurt Russell, good. Right? Captain Ron's a good movie. That's with Kurt Russell. Yes. Right? Yeah. Yes. Okay. The, so I think I watched it around the same time, and it was Island Adventure. So overall, overall, that's rough. It wasn't a poorly made movie. It was just a poorly written movie with a decent cast who tried really hard to make. They're not their terrible script work. You could definitely that's the thing. Nobody felt like they were phoning it in. Just everyone felt like, God damn it, we're gonna try to get this thing over come hell or high water. Um no Caddyshack 2. (coughs) Caddyshack 2 had some enjoyable moments to him. Did it? I don't some. Honestly, I don't really like Caddyshack 1. Scott doesn't like the first Caddyshack, which makes him like, you know, the one percent. A one percenter. Which means I'm in. Trouble, 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 trouble. Trouble, 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 trouble. I don't know what's EC3, happened. his theme song. Oh. Come on. His finishing move was the one percenter. Right. Okay, and no, so... No, 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 not funny. He tried so hard. Oh, no, that was great. We fucked you, but it was great. 
<laughs> at any rate, um, so we end we ended the night, and literally five minutes after it ended was the new year. I watched a Christmas story too, and I gotta say, of the three, this is the most cohesive one of all of them. This is the one that actually Does felt. Does that say a lot though? It wasn't that bad. Okay. It's really not that bad. So that's the best one of the three. <coughs> it's the best one of the three. Without question. I'm, I'm going to spoil it right now. This is the best one. It, like, I watch, reverse the order I watched it, you have my ranking. Okay, so Christmas Vacation so the, so the whole point of this one is, like in the first one, he wanted the Red Rider BB gun. This one, he's trying to get a car. So it's like... How old is Ralphie in He's 16. Okay. So he's trying to get a Colt 1911 <coughs> 45 caliber. <laughs> Be careful, Ralphie. You'll shoot your head off. <laughs> Joe, why weren't you at the pitch meeting? Oh, you know. And then at the end of the movie, Daniel Stern just starts stepping on Legos I'm and a, ornaments and shit. No, no. He just gets tired of his dead shit and kills himself. I, he puts uh, the gun in his mouth and just... I'm blacklisted. Um... So, so he's trying to get this car. They're trying to come up with all these different, like, ploys that they can do to get the car. Meanwhile, like, you know, like, Randy's gotten older, so, like, now he's, like, obsessed with, like, Buck Rogers and stuff. And, like, his, I guess, like, I can't remember if his dad wanted to spend more time with him or his mom wanted him to spend more time with Randy. Does he eat better? Or does he, still, so, or does he yeah. still shove his mouth and his face into the food? Like who's, a piggy? who's my little piggy? <laughs> oh, oh, don't do that around Caitlin. She hates that part. It's gross. Because so, what the fuck are they eating? <coughs> it's like mashed potatoes and meatloaf. Remember? He's like, I hate meat. No, pick beef. It was, it was, it was, it was not appetizing. Meat no. Um, he literally sings a song about hating meatloaf. Does he get a coat that fits him? Uh, no. In fact, they make it a point to say that he was always. It always ended up that way. Oh. No, they show him too. It's great. So he's. He should have been there. So he. So like, she's trying to spend more time with him. Uh, the furnace is still an issue. The dog, are the neighbors, <coughs> the dog is still an issue? Not a factor. So, <clears throat> what ends up happening is, they're going to, they're going to get the turkey for Christmas dinner. Uh, the price went up. Dad refuses to pay for it. So he decides, fuck it, I'm going ice fishing, and I'm going to catch us our dinner. I feel like I've seen this movie. And so, like, he, Randy goes with him one time, hates it, and he's like, I'm not going. I hate it. I'm not going with Dad. This is stupid. So then he ends up going with his wife, and what ends up happening is, like, she actually catches a fish, and he's all, like, pissed off because not she catches it, but then, like, he made the hole too small so the fish couldn't fit through, which I'm like, if you're trying to catch one fish that's – because the whole point is they catch one fish that's big enough for the whole family. Why would you make the hole about a little bigger than a golf ball? This is a moron. Um, I know in ice fishing, he, fi- he should make it as big as a bowling ball. I do know like in ice fishing, fish. you don't want the hole to be too big because you want to create the illusion because you know because the fish can't see up through the ice or whatever. <coughs> but um, you know, it like I said, it's not the best movie. I it's a it's a very unnecessary sequel. It's not must see. I will say, if you make the time to watch it, I won't say you... You won't be disappointed. You won't feel... You won't feel bad that you watched it. You just won't be like, man, I'm glad that there was a sequel to that. You know? Like, if you took a few things out, like the return of the leg lamp and the characters and the title, it's a fine movie on its own. Not great. Not anything special. But it would have been a fine little Christmas movie. Mm Mm-hmm. But they ruined it by making it a sequel. They thought it would get more attention and get more people to watch it, but in reality, it hurt it more than it helped. I'm starting to think I saw this movie. 
So I'm serious. Of all these movies, I actually highly recommend. If you're going to like say, fuck it, I'm going to give one of these movies a chance, that's the one to give a chance to. Because if you could, if, if you could just forget about the first movie and like the fact that they got younger people to play the pa- – looking people to play the parents and stuff like that, if you can get past a lot of that shit, it's not that bad. Not great, but not that bad. Cool. Cool. Scared the shit out of me. Cool. It's like uh, when uh, Waves starting off uh, Criterion Connection. Was, it, was there an F word at all? No fudge. He does say oh fudge. He does say oh fudge at one point, but it's like, it's not in, it's not, like, they, he doesn't say, do like, only I didn't say fudge. Does he, but he does but he, say. He, he says fudge. He just yells. He's like, hey mom, I need some fudge. <laughs> no, no, no. Um, something falls fudge down. Pepper? No, no, no. Something falls down. And I think it, like, lands on a car or something. He just goes, oh fudge. But that's as far as it Does goes. Does he wear the, 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 the bunny outfit? No, the bunny outfit does not. Okay, the joke about the ant is in the movie, but it's done differently. Does Scott Farkas show? No, no Scott. Does anyone's tongue get stuck to the pole? I don't remember. His penis gets stuck to the pole this time. No. Okay. Um, here's the weird so thing. So really, it doesn't tie into, it doesn't do any callbacks. Yeah, no, it does do some callbacks, but it's not like as ham-fisted as you'd, you'd think it would be. Does he get the car? I can't tell you that. You gotta watch the movie. He gets a toy car. Okay, since most people aren't gonna watch it, yes, he does get the car. I mean, it was a not sh- only does he get the car. Oh my God, spoiled Christmas story too. Not only does he get the car, he gets the girl. Oh, there's a girl involved. Yes. Um, okay. Weren't you listening? The, the teacher. <laughs> no, no, her daughter. Oh no, I'm kidding. Oh okay. But overall, like I said, that was actually does he really drink his team? <laughs> <laughs> no, because he, he drinks quick now because Ovaltine pissed him off. Fuck Ovaltine. Why would he drink Ovaltine? Um, but yeah, no, it's... Drink it's, more oval tea? It's, like I said, it's not that bad. It's not great. It's a very... Him and his friend's like, that thing, that thing's like in some co- kind of code. Hold on, I got this. Pulls it to the corner. I got this. <laughs> um, yeah, like I said, it's an okay movie. It's, it's, it's worth seeing at least one. You won't regret it if you watch at least once. Um, and honestly, Daniel Stern, he should play a dad more often. He's got like this like dad like vibe about him. Well, didn't play- you see Bushwhacked? Yes, I did. I love that movie. He was a dad in there. He was a scout master. He was kind of like their dad. Yeah. Uh, Spider. <laughs> Why do they call you Spider? Someone's killed a kid who called me Spider. So wait, hold on. Is someone calling you Spider? Sp- hey, Spider, Spider, Spider. Such a good movie. Yeah. Yeah, don't let uh, the cinema snob deter you from seeing it. Bushwhack is like a, a underrated, like a... It's a, a hidden gem it's of a the nineties. Classic. Hell, you know what? Bushwick. Maybe one day we'll do like a commentary track. And on I the movie. and I found out uh, the guy who played the the actual scout leader. That's right, Cupcake. Yeah, that guy. This was his last movie. Really? Yeah. What happened to him? Did he get whacked? I think he retired and then died. Got bushwhacked. <laughs> <laughs> Damn, Wade. He was also he was also in uh, Slap Shot. I've never seen Slapshot. That is a great movie. I own it. It's over there. Oh my god! You really should watch it. It's a great movie. It's a very dry movie, but it's a very good movie. Still gonna watch Top Secret. <coughs> I'll tell you this. I'll tell you this. If you if you do watch Slapshot, just be prepared for some very filthy dialogue. There's a More lot than of cuss. There is a lot of cussing in that movie. Also, you will constantly ask yourself, "Why the fuck aren't they wearing a helmet?" This is old school hockey. No helmets required. Yeah. Should be the tagline. Is it? Yeah, no, I, it I forgot what the tagline was. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> oh, look at that. Oh. 
Talk! <laughs> Talk! Uh. uh, yeah, so Wade's going over to his DVD collection to find out what the tagline is. <laughs> How do you own Slapshot? You probably got, you got it at Movie Stop, too. I did. How have you had it this long and not watched it? I don't know. Because if you got it at Movie Stop, you had to have had it for at least three years. A true classic. No, that's not it. <laughs> One of the top ten sports movies ever. It's not a tagline. It's not a tagline. Let's Those are blurbs, Wade. Um, apparently, his, this version does include hilarious Hanson Brothers audio commentary. There you go. Also, fun fact, the Hanson Brothers in Slapshot, the inspiration for the Dudley Boys. Oh. Yeah. That's why, uh, if you look the glasses. at the glasses. Also, uh, also Matt Stone. <laughs> anyway. You know what, Wade? <laughs> You're not my friend anymore. I don't have anything else for to say. Joe? Do you have anything to talk about, Joe? I read a couple more comics. I had this giant stack of comics I was trying to work through. It was all Doomsday Clocks, ironically. <laughs> the slow- ironically? The- ironically. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Ero- ironically. Yeah, he's got to turn the lights down low, like yeah. read them by read candlelight. Them nude. Got the Doomsday Clock. You got the you got the baby. You got the baby oil going. <laughs> um. I did not read Doomsday Clock because I read good comics. Um, would you would you dare say, Joe, you weren't horny enough for the slowest of burns? <laughs> I was, I wasn't ready to be teased like that. Um, no, I read uh, Far Sector number two. Fart Sector. Fart Sector number two. No, seriously, is that what you said? Fart Sector. No, it's Far, far Sector. Okay, I'm I'm not joking. I did not mean to be funny on that one. I heard Fart Sector. Because you didn't hear me correctly. That's kind of how that works, yeah. Joe. Um, this is the Young Animal Green Lantern book. I've talked about it in the past. I finally got the second issue and read it. Um, it's about this Green Lantern who gets stationed in like the furthest sector away from the farthest. The far sector. the far sector. Yeah, the farthest sector away from Green Lantern jurisdiction, pretty much. Like she's super. She's on her own. And she's stationed on this planet that hasn't had any crime in 500 years. And all of a sudden, there's a murder. Oh, I think you you had mentioned the first issue of this. Isn't it the one where it's like, like murder and crime isn't really a thing and everyone's kind of like emotionless and everything? Yeah. Okay. So all the, the beings on this planet, they have... They've, they've turned off their emotions. Um, and... What you find out, you know, towards the end of the first issue, going into the second, there's a drug that allows them to feel emotions. I think it's called, like, Switched Off or something like that. Um, but at the end of the very first See, issue... See, I would have called them Cryboys, but that's me. Yeah. Uh, at the end of the very first issue... See, they've already had their suspect who committed the murder, and there's, she's just trying to figure out why. And then, at the very end, somebody... Kills the suspect and and runs away. So the second issue is her coming across that and chasing down the person who just killed her suspect with a second murder in as many days, and uh, it, that person gets away. And basically, she's starting to look into this drug called Switched Off, which allows these beings to feel emotions. And it's just kind of, um, 
it, it's an interesting kind of like noir take on a Green Lantern book. Um, and we're just completely away from everything else in the DC universe. Like you can see why it's on Young Animal now. Is that it's there is it's got no ties to anybody else. It's just this Green Lantern on her own on this planet trying to figure the shit out. So so far, it's all right. Um, I think the art in the first issue I liked a little more than the second, but you know, other than that, still keeping pretty solid. I mean, the highlight for DC is that they got this um, like award-winning fantasy author writing this. N.K. Jemson, I think is her name. Uh, she wrote the Broken Earth trilogy, and you can tell that it's like a big get for them because they have an ad for her Broken Earth trilogy books in every issue <laughs> that that she puts out for Far Sector. So we'll see how long this goes. I I can't imagine it going further than eight or twelve issues. Probably could be wrapped up sooner if they really want to work it. I don't think they are. Uh, plus, it's kind of noir, so they're going to kind of chase their tail a little bit. So, I'm enjoying it. It's not bad at all. <coughs> okay. Yeah. Uh, Sorry, I don't know. I forgot to mention at the top. I'm getting over a sore throat, so don't mind the coughing. Uh, I read two more issues of The Batman's Grave. So, two issues two and three, written by Warren Ellis. Uh, the artist is Brian Hitch, and Kevin Nolan does inks every now and then. His name will pop up on the cover. But um, it's basically, it hasn't really been anything super special to me yet. It's just kind of a Batman story. Which means it's the greatest thing in the world. Well, no, it's... But you know how Batman fans are. You put Batman in anything and they'll just eat it up. Yeah, and well, Warren Ellis is a very, very good writer. Oh, Um, you don't gotta tell me. I'm I'm very, I'm I'm familiar with Warren Ellis. It's just... It's kind of like I'm. I'm waiting. I'm waiting for that Warren Ellis. Like, what's going to distinguish this from other Batman stories? Yeah, you're waiting for. I'm that, waiting for the crazy shit to happen. You're waiting for the Warren Ellis switch to be flipped on. You're like, this is why I come here for this man's writing. Yeah, because so far it's like it's just solid writing. Brian Hitch's art is great as always, uh, and Kevin Olin coming in when. When he inks, it's also great. Uh, he's one of the better inkers of all time. But it's just like, it hasn't... We haven't hit Top Gear yet. Yeah. Now, now, is this a mini? Or? Yeah, it's an eight-issue mini. And we're only two, three issues in, you said? Uh, I think the fourth or fifth issue might have just come out. I just haven't pa- grabbed them yet. Okay, be patient, because in the words of some people... It's a slow burn. It's a slow burn. <laughs> but yeah, it's it's basically like... There's a guy that gets murdered that like, was trying to figure out who Batman was, and um, I'm trying to remember because it's been a while since I read the first issue. The second issue starts off with the guy who shows up in the guy in his apartment, the guy who killed him, and he's trying to attack Batman, and it turns out like they can prove that this guy killed. Uh, that dude, because, like, he still had, like, DNA, like, flesh, like, in his teeth. Ew. Yeah, he ate him. Um, he ate him. Alive. Yeah. And 
and Batman's just trying to dig deeper into what was going on. He goes and like investigates this mansion and he gets attacked by somebody. Like it's just it's normal Batman fare. I'm waiting I really am waiting for <laughs> like the Warren Ellis switch to get turned off. Well, also do keep in mind when one of the benefits to uh, a limited series is the ability to really plan the story out without having to f- think about like where do we go afterwards. I'm sure most so of can, it was can, written before you know we even saw light of day with it. Yeah, but that's what I'm saying. I'm saying like I wouldn't give up hope because I, you know, because I mean it's Batman. It's not like this is going to branch off into another Batman book. Oh wait, it could. <laughs> no, but in all seriousness, like like I said, that's one of the benefits I think to to a limited series, yeah. and why I think you know like you know maybe we should do away with ongoings and like just maybe like everything should be a limited run now. I know that sounds like a cop out, but I mean think about this way: think of how many times like Marvel and DC they renumber their books, they restart their books, yeah. things like that. Why We're, not? We just, gotta go early '90s Venom. Like, why not just do like I don't know, just do like a twelve issue <clears throat> run. Do like do like year like long, a season. like either do year long or six month story arcs. And also, you can change up your writers. Look at you, Nick Spencer, Amazing Spider Man, and just and just do it that way. Like do your twenty ninety nine story. You know, like number them for the arc, but like you know, you you keep them going. So that way, you know, you don't have to worry about like, oh, well, you have issues. You know, we're up to issue one thousand, but you know what? We're gonna like renumber them now. You know, like. I'm just saying, like, but the num- Hellboy style. It seems like, yeah, like, it just seems like numbering is, in their mind, is outdated. So why keep doing it? Why keep restarting it? Bunch of devalue just- number one. Fuck it. They've already devalued What's number, number one? one. They number did that, one. They did that in the 90s. The they only, did it. Yeah, the only number ones that matter anymore are, like, I don't know, uh, Action Comics number one, and, and that's about it, really. I mean, maybe it's Batman. But you know what I mean, like the, like the heavyweight characters, like there's the a, real first issues. There's an action comics number one reference in uh, <coughs> Watchmen. Someone's reading it. It's like, what's that you're reading there? It's about this boy who's his father left him on a spaceship. Yeah, and they're probably like, kind of dumb. Com-. They're like, yeah, they're like, it's not, like it's not complicated enough. Why is he in the spaceship? <laughs> Who put him in the spaceship? I need to know all the answers. Did that city get destroyed or did it get it bottled? Like, it's awfully are you, specific. Are you a Star Wars fan? What's Star Wars? I like Star Trek. Live long and prosper, you whore. I like Farscape. Ugh. <laughs> um, but, uh... Stargate, dude. Oh, sorry. Babylon 5. Babylon 5 is a big pile of shit. <laughs> so Get funny. out. Yay! <laughs> um, Shout out to anyone who got what I just did. The, the last... I won't tell you until we, re- we stop recording. The last issue I read was uh, it's called the Kill Lock. Anybody know? I, I've heard it. I've, I, I've I've heard it came out. Uh, it was one of the ones that came out Christmas Day. Yeah, it came out. It's IDW. Um, the story and art are done by the same person, which is one of the huge reasons why I picked it up because I'm. It's like writer director. Yeah, I like to see what a single person's vision is going to be. Yeah, you you kind of are more willing to trust someone trust a book when like pretty much everything is done by that one. Literally, person. the artist you, and writer are on the same page. Because you, 
That's good. <clears throat> no, but I was just saying, but like you really know, like okay, you have a clear vision, right? Of what is it? You don't have well, like a writer's vision, but then another an artist putting their own spin on it, which is kind of different. From you know, I, you're getting <clears throat> the. It's basically oh, like, know. you know you're getting the director's cut. Yeah. Almost. I I read the um. There's a letter. Fr- there's a letter from the author in the back <coughs> of the issue, and it's them talking about like, hey, thanks for picking this up. This is something I've been working on for a while. Like I wrote every, like I did everything before even pitching this, and they uh, somehow somebody was interested in you know publishing it. And it's really awesome that you picked it up. Thank you. It was a really nice letter. So it's basically a book that was already finished. He's just waiting for someone to publish it. It's basically he did it for free, and then did not know if somebody would publish it or not. And I did that. was like, uh, yeah, yeah. This is the person that's been working on Transformers for a while. Um, They're also the ones that did the Jim, Jim Cornette book. <laughs> was it, was it called Behind the Curtain? Yeah, yeah. Um, so this story and the reason why he he or she or they uh, weren't sure how it would take off, if it would, is because there's no like human characters. Yeah, is it, in it. Is it like four robots? It's all robots. They're all like sentient robots, but they're robots nonetheless. Like you know, it's hard to get somebody to be like, "Hey, I want you to care about that robot." Um, it's yeah. actually not that hard. I mean, Terminator Two, you care about uh, Arnold. The yeah, jo- but the like in Star Wars. Yeah. Again, these are Herbie special circumstances. Wally. Herbie. Yeah, from Fantastic Four. Who? Wally. That's a better example, I think. From Fantastic Four, they're a little robot. No, no, don't, don't, don't know who you're talking about. Are you kidding me? I'm not kidding you. Oh my god. You serious, Clark? Who, who, gives, a, who gives a fuck about that thing? <laughs> Data. Do you even know who I I'm thought you were talking about the love bug, and I was about to be like, <laughs> yeah. who gives a fuck about him either? It's a car. <laughs> a sentient car. Um, That's the case. But anyway, so... Him! I don't know who that is. He's their adorable little sidekick! You're, you might be the only one that knows him. Sorry. At least sitting at this table. Fantastic Four fandom. Yeah. It's toxic. Um, uh, So, the kill lock is about these four robots. They're each of a different, I guess, quote-unquote race. Um, And you have one that's called a wraith. Who was like staying in this little cave? Try saying that five times fast. Wraith race. Okay. Try it. Uh, no. Um, Try it. There's another. Don't ignore me. I'm trying to remember the term. I can't remember what it is. There's one that's called like right. the artisan, which is a robot that kind of like builds other robots and like is an engineer. An artist of sorts. Yeah. And then there's this young, like, kid robot. Like, they, they don't give it a name. It's it's called Unfinished, because he's not he, he's not quite done. Like, his one arm's not finished yet. So, what... I feel bad for that kid already. Yeah, you should. See, I feel for, I feel for a robot already. <laughs> you should. You make it sound like feeling... feeling oh, people like the robot in uh, Rogue One. 
There's another robot that people like. But I'm just saying, like, I'm going by the, what, this is the author's letter. It's not what I said. Okay. Well, the author's wrong. How? He was like, I don't know if anybody would get attached to these robots, mind. rather, if there's no people in the book. All right? But, so, the artisan, uh, he's introduced first. Uh, you find out that he is a dick. Well, yeah, because uh, he's an artist. He's more like a fartisan. Well, no, he comes into this bar, sits down, and he's talking to, like, a worker, like, robot. And he's like, yeah. He's like, uh, I'm I'm an artisan, you know, so, like, watch this. And he, like, hits him in the throat. And he's like, nah, you can't talk. Isn't that funny? And then, like, he hits him again. And he's like, now nah, you can't see. Because I can see through you and see all the ways that you That's work. fucked up. Yeah, he's man. a dick. Uh, then this other robot comes and gets him, and I, I can't remember because he's like the medium, like between the artisan and the wraith, how big he is. He's a medium. Um, and basically, they're on a mission from God to try and find a cure from what is called the kill lock. So they all have this marking. And it's essentially a death sentence. It's it's they're exiled, and all four of them have been linked um, with this mark. And if any one of them dies, they all die. So in order to stay alive, they either have to, you know, you know, go their separate ways and hope that somebody doesn't die and get killed by something. Or stick together and hope nobody gets killed by something. Or, you know, what any circumstance where one of them could just, act, you know, all of a sudden get shut down. And then they all get shut down. And, and you're finding out that the reason is... So the Wraith is like a soldier robot. He's fucking huge. Um, then there's like a worker bot, the artisan. And then the unfinished bot... They keep saying the unfinished bot is innocent and that they're going on this mission to at least cure the unfinished bot and not have him deal with the same fate that they all deserve. So they're not all all the way dicks. Yeah, the artisan just wants to cure to try and, you know, get out of this. He just wants to be cured. Yeah. Uh, the Wraith and the other bot, they're like, like, we need to do this for the kid. And it's also hinted that the worker bot, you know, the artisan's like, hey, I saw you use the kid for leverage on the Wraith. Like, good job. Just telling you I noticed. But the Wraith really cares about the, the, the little kid robot. And he's like, we got to find the cure for the kid. And then these bandits show up. And they're like, oh, look. Look at what we found here. Couple haters. And they're like, that uh, that eye from that artisan bot should get us, you know, a few thousand, you know, units or whatever. Sorry, Joe, just the way you said yeah. it. And and the Wraith is like, <coughs> um, if you guys leave, like, you're good. I'll let you live. And they keep pressing the issue. And the Wraith comes out when they threaten the kid. And just rips these dudes apart like nobody's business. And right before they kill the last one, the artisan bot's like, oh, by the way, we want to know if you have a ship. <laughs> and so they basically steal their ship, is what's implied. 
at the end of the issue. So it it sounded pretty cool when I when I picked it up and briefly looked through it. The art looked really awesome. Um, so I might stick with it for a little bit and see how it is. <coughs> is it a mini, I guess? I'm not sure. Uh, oh, oh, all. oh, yeah. He already did it all. I'm I think he said it's um, like eight issues or something in, in that, that letter <clears throat> that he had written that. and all that. So there's a whole huge stack of stuff that I have yet to read. Same. Uh, like Batman Last Night on Earth, I got to get to. Um, I got to finish <clears throat> catch up with New Mutants. Behind on Amazing Spider-Man. Yeah. So when I see 2099 on the past five issues, I'm like, I'm not interested. The Tom King runs over on Batman. Aren't you happy about that? Did he uh, just just draw it, drag it out? I don't know if he could when they cut him by 15 issues. <laughs> Probably still found a way to drag it out. Yeah. <clears throat> but uh, do you know who the next writer is going to be? Is it is John it Tinian? Tinian? Yeah. Because people were bitching and complaining, saying like he's a safe choice, and I'm like, he wrote Detective Comics. He's a Scott good. Scott Snyder wrote Detective Comics before he did Batman. I he's mean, a... to me, it's like if you write Detective James, Comics, it's it's James Tinian has long since like him and Peter Tomasi both earned the right to work on Batman. Yeah. So well, I think we finally have a proper team well, on each book. People want like Gail Simone or whatever. I'm like, whatever. I don't want Gail Simone on that. They want they want not a male white. They don't they don't want a white male, uh, male white. They don't want a white male writing Batman. I mean, okay. Th- then put someone on Detective Comics that is not that. Um I feel like Detective Comics is like your resume to be on Batman. Yeah, d- d- at this point you work your way on Detective and cuz James Tinian did backups in Detective his first go-around. Then he eventually got to write Detective. Which was a good run. His run. Yeah. And then he's, everything he's written has been yeah. great. And I'm not going to say, did, like... Something That's oh, Killing the Children is a great book that he's writing. Oh, but I was, was going to say, I'm not necessarily opposed to the idea of Gelsman writing or anything. My whole thing is, like, I don't like this idea that we have to, like, tick boxes. Mm-hmm. Like, it, like, I feel like that the when tick, you... The tick the diversity I box. just feel like when you say, when you put it that way... Like, it's one thing if you want to say, like, I think Gail Simone should write this book because I think she's a good writer. Yes. That's totally fine because she is a good writer. She is. Yes. And I, think, and I think her merits as a writer are why she should be the one not to write. Because not, because of, not because of her gender or her genitals or or her, like, you know, that, like, she's proven herself. Like, it's one of those things where it's so easy to just say, like, oh, well, we need this, or we need that. It's like, no, you just, all you need is a good writer regardless because of Because Gail it Simone is. can write some dark shit, and but I he, feel like... Gail Simone's written the, a lot of great stuff. But here's That's the thing, saying, yeah. but here's the thing. When you push the issue that way, you're actually hurting that person, because when she gets that role, then everyone's gonna be like, oh, did she's she only... Get, did she get off her talent or her gender? Exactly. If yes. you just say, like, oh, Gail Simone should write this book, because she deserves it, because uh, theoretically, I believe she should. Yes. That's just me talking now. I, I, I read the shit out of I'm that. just saying. You know, go ahead. Like, it's one of those double-edged swords. Like, I get where they're where people are coming from. Like, the real people who want diversity. Because there's a difference between people who actually want diversity. And then there's people who are just like, we need to take boxes. You know, they're looking for the cool points. And I think there's a lot. They're, they're not. It's not the majority. It's a, It's a minority. But, like... 
you can't just you can't just put people on there because of diversity. They also need to be able like they also example, to be a good writer. Because because let me put it this way: let's say or artist, or artist. Let's say you're like okay, they need to hire. They need to be more diverse. Okay, let's let's say because you know you need it at your speed. They just grab any old person. Yeah. You don't know how good they are. You don't yeah. know how well they can write. They're, they're not like you know. I'm just. And the thing is, uh, with the unless their name is like obvious, I don't know another, who's male, female, black, white. When it comes to another like, person, I don't think about I, that. Sometimes stuff you don't even know what gender you're like. Terry. Uh, yeah, I don't. I don't think about gender. Or, think, honestly, sometimes I don't even think about who wrote the book. Period. Like I feel like you know, Gail Simone would be perfect right now because she's in the groove. She's uh she's has experience she, in her belt. Well, what is she working on right now? Uh, she's I think she did uh she recently did Aquaman I believe. Um, okay. But I'm saying like now I know she did Plastic Man. That now mini. Kel- now Kelly Sue DeConnick is doing uh, Aquaman? Aquaman. Yeah. Or like, I, and I like her too. I, I like, see, but they're saying like she has enough experience. But if you get someone that's a rookie writer that doesn't have enough experience in her belt, then you're gonna get. Problems. Yeah, because that's the th- other thing you have to think about is like you don't want ki- you don't want a good if someone's already on something you you run a risk because okay you could either do one or two things you could have them work on both books spread them out and 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 you know they might be good at one and bad at the other and then they're gonna get heat or you could have that one person leave the one book to do the bigger book and then someone takes over that other book that they were really good at and maybe that person isn't good enough so then there's heat there. Let's just get the Bendis. Well, here's... Probably. To to tackle the the issue specifically, I don't know about Gail Simone on Batman. Um, I think she'd be great for, like, Nightwing. Ooh. Or or even a Superman story? Or Superboy? I could see her doing Superman. Because she's able to bring a bit of levity. And the thing is... And she can bring a little, like... A little fun. And and I don't know if Batman really needs the fun at the moment. <laughs> uh, I don't know. It couldn't couldn't, couldn't let me put it this way. I don't does it need it? Probably I, not. Would it hurt? No. I think I think the harsh turn like we'll see if like maybe somebody fits in some But more also that. remember, they don't get like no one gets full freedom. That's true. So, so, so like I like I like her like on a Nightwing or a Superboy or a Superman. Yeah. Like I think she could be or great Super on those. And the thing is, is Superman's already like a a, 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 di- a diversity open and sexuality open character, to where you don't really have to tell you don't have to use him necessarily as like like he's not a character whose mind you have to change but you can use him to change minds in the universe and i think that superman was, is probably that was very that's very very well said yeah that was very that was very like right in the heart all i there. mean i mean as someone who actually yeah. reads superman and doesn't judge superman I, based on what society wants me to think he is that's what bothers me about how people write superman i, will, I feel like most people just don't get it i will always tell <laughs> like, everyone, they just don't get superman the one thing i will always tell somebody is if you want to understand who superman is at his core all-star superman is the one Ooh, story to that's, read that's one of that's my and, favorite and the superman reason why story. is um cuz if you got if you watch the cuz the all-star superman um the animated movie so good the movie, too. I'll say the animated movie. If you if you get, I don't know if it was a Blu-ray exclusive, but there's a a, a documentary that they did with the mm-hmm. people who worked on the book and the show. Yep. 
And that was what Graham Morrison deep down wanted to do. He wanted to show off who Superman was, who he really was, yeah. and show off that rather than just the powers and this and that. He wanted to because he he's he he said and I and I and this is why I I think he's one of the better Superman writers is he's like the 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 biggest complaint most people have with Superman is you know like well what stories can you tell with with someone like Superman? It's like. Basic stories. Like any just, story. He's like any you. You can tell any story with Superman. You just have to adjust it. You maybe have to yeah. adjust the scale, or maybe you have to adjust the location, or you have to adjust this or that. Maybe you know you could do things to take away his or powers. Your themes. You know, like put him somewhere where you know there's no exposure to the yellow sun, or there's a red sun, or you know, like you know, put him on a night planet, or you bring in a character who maybe is his equal, sure, or maybe even clips. stronger. You know, maybe tell a story where the the morality of his powers are in question, and he's like, you know what, I'm gonna do it without him. Yeah. You know, there's things you can do, like like he like in that documentary, he even mentions like, you know, Superman really deep down is just like anyone else. He walk, you know, he he goes to work, he he hangs out with his friends just like us. He walks his dog, except when Superman walks his dog, he walks him or, around the moon. Or you know, what or I mean? sometimes he wants to get in a bathtub with Lois Lane, or he wants to murder half the city, or you know. Well, that, he didn't intentionally. He only intentionally <laughs> murdered Zod. In he only that movie. wants to. He only wants to. Uh, he wants to stop Batman from doing what he does. You know, um, Superman. Stuff. Here, so Martha. You, you want to know who I would put next in line after Tomasi and Tinian? Because Tinian's earned it, and Tomasi's earned it. I like Tinian. Both Scott of those Snyder. guys. Both of those guys have earned their their spots on as Batman writers. Because Tomasi's done great stuff, and he always gets shafted. And and Tinian's been just waiting in the wings. But bat wings. you know who I would put right after him is Christopher Priest. But, here, but here's the question, Joe. Tinian offered his spot. <laughs> his spot on Batman. What he accept it? What he accept it? What he accept? So, so he says, Arn Anderson on Batman. <laughs> put the beers on ass. <laughs> Batman just goes in, hits the spine buster, DDT, it's the Joker, and then that's it. Yeah. And he goes. <laughs> he just holds up four fingers. It's Justice League. It's just the four horsemen. He doesn't count Wonder Woman. Because we all know Batman's sexist. What's wrong with being sexy? I think I'll do it for this episode. Dude, dude, you cut off the joke. Now I look like a dick. Scott's worried about his image all the time. I'm sudden. like, what the fuck? Well, no, I don't want people to think I am a sexist because I'm not. I'm, 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 I'm you know, I, I, I identify as... Really I'm, I'm not a sexy. I'm, I'm, just, I'm just saying, I identify <laughs> as a feminist. It's I, 2020, you know? man. You're going to have 2020 vision. But you know, that meme is dead, but someone brought up that the 2020 hindsight at the end of the year is going to happen. Oh, but wait. Think about this way. You could literally use that meme every day of the year. Because yeah. every day we have 2020 vision. You could literally say, what are you going to do tomorrow? I don't know, man. I don't have 2020 vision. Oh, and at the very least, you could use it on the 20th of every month. Sorry, Wade. It ain't dead yet. Can't wait for 2-20-2020. Okay. Yeah, so. Fuck this year already. <laughs> After yeah. that. Alright, but but you know something that's that's gonna that, that's gonna stick around regardless of the year? Plugs. Uh you can follow us on Twitter, make condition MCP. You can follow us on Instagram, make condition productions, you can follow us on the Facebook, the old Facebook. The Facebook. The Facebook. Facebook.com slash Dish Productions. Right. Yeah. Um, and Wade and I, as you should know by now, but if you're new, I'll tell you anyway, we got our band Meteor King. 
um, MeteorKing.Bandcamp.com. You can purchase digital copies of our music. You can find us on all matter of social media through there. We're on Facebook. We're on Twitter. We're on Instagram. We're on uh, Reverb Nation. We're on, uh, what's the other one? SoundCloud. We're on Spotify. We're on Deezer, man. We're on Apple Music. We're on everything. We're, it, wherever you get your music, that's where we're at. We're, we got our fingers on the pulse of what's going on in the world of music. Also there, you can get merch. Uh, we got T-shirts on there. We're running low on shirts right now. Uh, as of re- as of this recording, um, if you go on the website, uh, we only have the logo shirt and the Lords of the Comet shirt available. Um, the logo shirt we have two smalls and four XLs. So if you're if you're looking for a medium, uh, you're out of luck. Uh, we do have one large, but we got a show coming up, which I'll tell you in a second. So wait till after the shirt, the show, to put that order in, because we're we're not gonna put, you know, we're not gonna accept that order until afterwards. What about the loogie shirts, where you guys all spit on it? Those are uh, in the works. Okay. As is for it those show exclusives? I gotta wait till I get a big hold going. Um, as for Lords of the Comet, we got two smalls and one XL, so we're running really low. Uh, in in the fe- in the near future, we're gonna put it and do another run of shirts in the field. Um, other than that, you know, we got the CDs, we got the patches, we got the pens, you got know? everything. Got everything on there. So uh, if you want to put in an order, put in a physical order, we'll give you a Meteor King sticker. We may not. Who knows? Fuck you. You know, it's it's Russian roulette, but with stickers. Uh, and we do have a show coming up February 1st, 2020 at the Depot in Baltimore. Uh, it's at 8 p.m. So if you're going to be in the Baltimore area, February 1st, 8 o'clock, come down to the Depot. It's like, I think it's like five bucks to get in, something like that. And, oh, Eastern oh excuse me, ten bucks to get in. That was the last show. It's ten bucks to get in. It's gonna be us, Meteor King, our friends in Wolf and Sheep's Clothing. It's our first show together of 2020. Reunite, months, reunited, and it feels so good. Uh, we will be joined by the Stinkoids uh, from the ashes. From the ashes of the runs comes the Stinkoids. Wow. I'm not kidding. The band, the original <laughs> band, was the Stinkoids. I, I take pride in the fact that I have the complete discography of the runs. Um, Stinkoids, great guys, come see them If you like some good old fashioned fun Fun punk They're definitely the way to go And it'll all be headlined by Chessie Malone and the slice ups Coming from New York to grace us with their presence All at the Depot February 1st If you're gonna be in Baltimore You don't wanna miss it Depot. And if you're not gonna be in Baltimore But you wanna see this show, so come down Yes Okay We're also on YouTube guys What? I don't know if you knew this um, For five years, I didn't know that. We've got a YouTube.com URL. That's YouTube.com slash Dish Productions. hey You go there. You see all the videos we got on there. We got a Criterion Connection, as we've mentioned earlier. Yes. Uh, we got MCP Sound Checks. <clears throat> we've got uh, the shorts that, that, that we've done. Ooh. There's a and, new one and there's a new show. Yes. Because you, you mentioned that you wanted me to, to say it. Yeah. Yeah. And and I don't know the exact wording of the title. W C R. Watch it, crappy wrestling. Okay. Yes. And and we are. Uh... I I knew some of the words. I just didn't know what order they were in. <laughs> it's okay. I didn't know it was like really crappy wrestling. And or... we're and we're dedicating our very first year of shows uh... 
to 2000's Monday Nitro. As I say, as I'll, I said in, in... 20 year anniversary. As I've said before, the reason we're not only doing Nitro and not like the Thunders or the pay-per-views is because we don't want to kill ourselves. Yes. Although with World War Three, we got we got we got to pace we got to pace it. So yes. this Friday, pace it out. So this Friday is going to be January tenth, the January tenth two thousand episode of Nitro. Which yes, boy howdy, old age outlaws, whole NWO silver and black. It's bad. Yeah, and don't forget to watch the first episode too. It's watch along style, so have it, have it going along with it. But after that first episode, it's strictly review. We might do some watch alongs here and there. We'll let you we'll let you know when we plan a watch along. It's, it's currently only on YouTube, but eventually we'll put it on other uh, like like podcasts, kind yeah. of like uh, yeah. sites. Yes, but yeah, the main reason. I say is like if you want to watch along with us, you can go ahead and do that. But if you don't want to, that's fine too. But just want to let people know the very first episode is watch along style. And I didn't want to leave out our good friend Gary and your show B Movie Den. Yes, we just did uh, Dolomite. Yeah. Oh, at least you have something you know. I think you'll enjoy for once. I did. Um, I told you, black exploitation movies are the shit. Oh, oh, and there's a new one. Uh, coming out probably mid-January. We already filmed it, and oh boy. It's our one-year anniversary episode. Oh boy. It's not Feed the Gods, right? Your no, favorite movie? fuck no. That, fuck that movie. This one was actually super enjoyable, and it's a sequel. Blood Feast? No, it's a sequel of a movie. Blood Feces? No, it's a sequel of a movie we've done before. On what? On Be Movie Den. Frogs 2. Did you do Frogs 1? Hold on. You didn't do Frogs 1? No, I'm not going to. I'll tell you off air. No, no, no. Oh. No, I want to figure it out. I, I want to figure know. it I out. I don't want to spoil it on the show. No, no, no. No, 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 no. I'm not going to say it if I figure it out. I'm just saying I want to figure it out. Yes. All you need to know is our one year anniversary. You just tell me if I'm right when we when we end this, sh- this okay. episode. All right. But that's all we got yes. uh, on the YouTube Definitely hit subscribe if you want to get all our stuff. Hit the bell if you want a notification every time we post a new video. And please leave a comment. Like and dislike the videos you respectively like and dislike. And don't forget to share with your friends. Yes. That's right. So uh, thank you, everyone, for listening to us all of 2019. Hope you stick around for 2020. And let's all have 2020 vision together. Until next time, everybody. I'm Scott about Savage along and I'm with, with and I, I'm on with. <laughs> uh, who are See, you with? See what happens when you jump the gun. Let me try. Let's try this again, Swad Wad. So until next time, everybody. I am Scott about Savage along with with Slade Wade and Joe with Joe. Reminding you as always to keep it clean, keep it with. But most importantly, you got to keep it, it with condition. It's not about. It's not about the girth. It's the width. <laughs> <laughs> Ha 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 ha!